It's the Sports Talk Podcast with Ryan Furr and giving you the hottest sports takes in town. You can reach Ryan through Facebook, email, and Twitter. Now it's time to start the show. Here's Ryan. What is up, everybody? We're back here with another Sports Talk podcast here on Podbean.com. Finally, a brand new Sports Talk. It has been too long since we've done the uh, the last one, our last show, and it is uh, a little weird sitting here um, <laughs> doing another podcast because it has, it has been so long here. Um, I think the last one I did was July 26th, but that doesn't matter anymore because we're back here with a brand new Sports Talk podcast, and we are jam-packed today. Ton of stuff to get to on the show. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of a... Red Sox discussion, we're going to talk Pats, and in the, in the uh, Talk 2 take, um, one of the hottest uh, takes on sports um, in the past couple months, and certainly recently, uh, is uh, Jonathan Vilma. Should he be suspended 16 games? Is it, too, is it too much of a penalty handed down by Roger Goodell? Is it not enough? I'm going to get into that a little bit, share my thoughts on that, since I haven't done that as of yet. And like I said, we'll get into some early Patriots talk, as well as some Red Sox discussion. But first, you're listening to the Sports Talk Podcast with Ryan Ferran here on podbean.com. Hey, how's it going? Be sure to follow the show, twitter.com slash sportstalkrf. That's at sportstalkrf. And you can also follow my personal Twitter account. That's at Ryan underscore Ferran12. Check out the YouTube channel, the official YouTube home for Sports Talk. That's Sports Talk Extra with RF. And, uh... So I've been doing that um, in the meantime. If you don't know about the YouTube channel, it's kind of hard not to know because I, you know, I've had it uh, on the Podbean channel. I've been talking about it on Twitter of, of, a lot. Every time I post a video, I, I make sure that I send out a tweet. So if you don't know about that, go check that out. I've posted a ton of videos so far and there will be more to come. And uh, so if I'm not, because like I said, you know, it takes a while to produce a podcast, so... Um, in the meantime, it's easy for me just to go on the YouTube channel and produce an eight minute video, you know, just turn on my webcam, talk for a few minutes, done and uh, make the video. And that's pretty much it. It's a lot easier to do that than to sit here and do an entire show. So I'm always updating the YouTube channel. So definitely go check that out. But, um, oh, and also, uh, you can check out the show on iTunes. Listen to sports talk wherever you are, when you're on the go, you're in your car, you're, not at your computer, you know, listen to Sports Talk on iTunes. Just search Sports Talk with Ryan Friend in the iTunes store and you'll find all the latest episodes. You can listen to them anywhere you go. But first, on today's Sports Talk podcast, we're going to get into the, uh, the Patriots and early predictions here in training camp. I've already done a lot of predictions. I did it I did it a couple of podcasts ago. I've done it so far. I mean, I talked about um, training camp in a video on YouTube. But I want to get into a little more depth here on the Sports Talk podcast because we can do that here on uh, Sports Talk. Um, so far, I if you didn't see the video on, that I posted on YouTube, I did go to training camp on Tuesday, and they held a the uh, Patriots held a joint training camp uh, practice session with the New Orleans Saints, and that was a lot of fun going there and checking that out. And what I saw, I you know, good things I saw from the Patriots going forward. I was really impressed. And really excited for Chandler Jones. Like, he's probably the biggest player that I'm looking forward to seeing this season. You know what you're going to get from Tom Brady. You know what you're going to get from Rob Gronkowski and guys like that. I really want to see what Chandler Jones has. You know, big guy coming out of college. And he is big. He's a big, imposing player 
on that defensive line. They put him on the edge, on the outside, and I thought that that's the best place for him. Get to the quarterback. Uh, he tipped a couple of passes from Drew Brees in that scrimmage session. So I'm really excited to see what Chandler Jones can bring to this this uh, New England defense. And I think that if it all works out, he could be a fixture on this defense for the next 10 years. So I see a star in the making with Chandler Jones. I'm very excited to see how Chandler Jones will uh, play here in New England over the next few seasons. Uh, I love I love his skills to get to get off the line and to get to the quarterback. And like I said, just his size. He's massive, and I think that that's exactly what we've been waiting for. You know, a great pass rusher that's got size that can get to the ball and has skills uh, to break off the line and get to the quarterback. So very excited about Chandler Jones here as we uh, start the first preseason game. That's tonight. And I was also impressed with the Patriots' offensive weapons. Like I said on the YouTube channel, I mean... We got a lot of options. Uh, Tom Brady's got a lot of options going into this season. You know, everybody, all of his wide receivers, Wes Welker, Deion Branch, got Dante Stallworth back. You got Javar Gaffney back. You have Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez. So many weapons. If And Brandon Lloyd. How can I forget Brandon Lloyd? If Lloyd, your deep threat's covered, and Welker is covered, you can go to Branch, or you can go to Stallworth, or if, you know, there's so many options for Brady, so many tools for him out on the fields every Sunday. It's going to be fun to watch this team this year. And, uh, I mean, they're stacked on the offense. They're stacked. So it was really fun to see them practice, especially the new guy, Brandon Lloyd. He is supposed to be the deep threat. And, uh, you know, what I saw from him in camp was very uh, encouraging. It seems like he has a grasp of the uh, offense in New England. Uh, not like, uh, you know, Chad Ochocinco. Who, you know, this team made it to the Super Bowl last year. We played as long as any other football team could have played. Us, uh, Patriots and the Giants. And for some reason, we play all the way into February and he still could never get the offense. I don't think that's going to be a problem for Brandon Lloyd. He looked pretty good uh, when I was there at camp. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this season. Especially this preseason. And Brandon Bolden uh, is a potential sleeper. He was an undrafted... Uh, Running back, signed with the Patriots. Don't think uh, he'll see a lot of playing time this year in the regular season, but he's a guy that to uh, keep your eye on. Very impressed with him. He got a lot of uh, got a lot of reps in that scrimmage against the Saints. So, you know, exciting to see, you know, maybe another future running back here as we move forward for the Patriots. You already have Shane Vereen and Steven Ridley, and maybe Brandon Bolden can be one of those guys down the road. Um, for the Patriots in the backfield, but overall, I, I I love the experience of going to training camp and seeing uh, the team in the making and uh, what you're going to see on Sundays in the fall, in the winter, and uh, like I said, the most exciting thing for me, well, the most thing, that I'm, the thing that I'm most looking forward to is Chandler Jones, really looking forward to seeing what he can do, and these preseason games are really great for the rookies. They can really get in there. Guys like Chandler Jones, Dante Hightower, rookies that are highly touted. They can come in. They can get some real NFL experience, real hitting. You know, not training camp. Um, even even though there was some chippiness with the Saints and the Patriots in that uh, training camp scrimmage, it's not full contact. So this is their first opportunity tonight. Guys like Chandler Jones and all the rookies to get some real experience, get some real hits in the NFL. It's not regular season, but it's, you know, it's a good experience for them. 
to show what they can do in pressure situations and uh, in a real game. So really looking forward to seeing what Chandler Jones is going to be able to do. And like I said, Patriots have a lot of weapons on the offense. Brandon Bolden as a potential sleeper. Tonight, as a little bit of a preview, there's no real reason to preview the game. Doesn't matter who's going to win. But like I said, uh, keep your eyes out for Chandler Jones. Let's see what uh, the uh, weapons that Brady has to play around with on the offense. Let's see what they can do. And because even the wide receivers, I mean, there's a little bit of a competition for the for the uh, last couple wide receiver spots. It's pretty much coming down to Deion Branch and Dante Stallworth here. It looks like Jabari Gaffney is going to make the team. Obviously, you're still going to have... Wes Welker, so I mean, it might come down to either Dante Stallworth or Deion Branch getting cut, and so it's going to be very interesting. I would like to see them keep Deion Branch. If it it had to come down to Deion Branch and Dante Stallworth, would like to see them keep Deion Branch. He has this offense down. He's been a key cog of this offense for the last couple years now, and then even before that. He's one of Tom Brady's favorite all-time targets, so I'd rather see them keep him as opposed to Stallworth. I'd love to see them keep them both. But as far as Deion Branch versus Dante Stallworth goes, I'd love to see them keep Deion Branch. Um, but that's a that's a that's a battle to watch as well. Uh, the wide the wide receiver battle. You might not think so because they're so stacked that they can just keep them all. But it looks like they might have to cut one of these veterans that we have on the on the roster right now. So it will be interesting to see that. So keep your eye out for that, and then keep your eye out for Brandon Bolden. He should get a lot of reps tonight as they as they uh, excuse me as they go up against the New Orleans Saints. And in Foxborough, and uh, the whole training camp experience is a you know it's it's really really fun going. If you ever get the uh, chance to go experience training camp in Foxborough, or maybe not, maybe you know you don't live in Foxborough, maybe you're not a fan of the Patriots, and you follow some other team, go to your team's training camp because it is a lot of fun, um, especially if it's open and it's free to the public. Patriots training camp is free to the public, and to be honest with you, it's a lot better than uh, uh, preseason football. First of all, it's free, so you don't have to pay full ticket price to go see a fake game where Brady's going to be out, you know, after the first quarter. It's so, like I said, it's free, and he's out. You know, the stars are out there for a much longer time because they're out there doing drills, and you know, they're running they're running scrimmage against each other all practice long. So you're getting pretty much two and a half, three hours of just full times of the stars, Brady, Gronkowski. I mean, they're out there all the time, and they're, you know, you can get pretty close to them, you know, when you're sitting on the bleachers, and then they come over for autographs afterwards, so I believe it's better than preseason football. Um, but, yeah, so the whole training camp experience was a lot of fun. I've been doing it for the past couple of years, and I love, I love that it's sort of like a tradition now to go down to training camp. And so, like I said, no real reason to actually preview the game, with the Saints, but if I, I give you three things to watch out for, it's Chandler Jones, the Patriots' weapons, see uh, some uh, battles there, and Brandon Bolden out of the backfield. He should be a sleeper coming down uh, the rest of, uh, well, the next couple of years for the Patriots. Um, and another reason why I love uh, pre, uh, excuse me, going to training camp, it's the first sign of football. You know, you drive up to the stadium, you know, you see the stadium as you're driving up, you're getting you're getting excited, then you come out, you walk up through the stadium, and there you see it. And you know, you can see right through into the stadium in Gillette. The stands are all empty, and you're saying to yourself, you know, this is the first sign of football, you know, pretty soon we're gonna have 
preseason, and then after that, it's here. And so it was great to go and be like, yeah, this is it. It's it's almost here. It's only August 9th, so we are a little far away, but it's coming, and I cannot wait for football. It is um, long overdue to get here, and uh, should be interesting season. You know, Patriots have a lot of talent this year, and I gave my prediction before. 15-1 and one is what I'm thinking. That might be a little crazy to some people, but... If this team, not as crazy as 16-0, if this team stays healthy all the way through, it shouldn't be that much of a stretch to believe that they could go 15-1. I mean, they pretty much, for all intents and purposes, they have one of the easiest schedules in the league. So if they don't get a lot of injuries, they're hitting on all cylinders, offense is playing great, defense plays great, they should end up 15-1. I'm not going to say 16-0. This team could go 16-0. I'm not going to say that because, you know, I don't want to get, you know, killed for it afterwards. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to see him go 16-0 because then you're going to have to relive, oh, what if they lose again? I don't want that to happen. But I do think that 15-1 is certainly an achievable mark for this Patriots team. The guys that they have on the roster, if they could just play injury-free football here for the regular season, they could certainly go 15-1 and make real headway into the playoffs when they roll around. But let's not talk about the playoffs just yet. That's, you know, it's not December, it's not January just yet. Let's just get ready for football. It's coming soon. It's not right here yet, but it will be coming very, very soon. Cannot wait for football. All right, uh, we have next up a little bit of Red Sox discussion. They lost yesterday to the Texas Rangers 10-9. to Very depressing over in Red Sox land. You know, they didn't really make a lot of moves at the at the uh, trade deadline. And uh, it just looks to keep going downhill for the Red Sox and Bobby Valentine. And uh, next, when we get into Red Sox discussion, we're going to talk more about Josh Beckett. What needs to happen with him and why he just flat out sucks. That's next. Back in here on Sports Talk, do want to give you a little reminder that tonight's game, Patriots Saints, can be seen on WBZ TV Channel 4 here in Boston. Don Kirky will have the call. Uh, now shifting gears to Red Sox, I mean, it's just going from bad to worse over there, and, you know, can it get as bad as last, uh, September? Hopefully not, but, like I've said time and time again, I've said it on the podcast, sorry, <laughs> I've said it, you know, on the YouTube channel, this team has talent. Maybe not enough to win the World Series, but they have enough talent to go into the playoffs and make some noise. Their lineup is really good. <laughs> Maybe it's not the best in baseball, but it's good enough. They have the talent. I mean, they scored nine runs on the Texas on the Texas Rangers yesterday. The best team in the American League. They scored nine runs on them. More than enough to win. They have the talent on the offensive side of the game to win <laughs> and make some noise in the playoffs. They have it. But the thing that kills this team time and time again is their starting pitching. And it's all pretty much focused on one guy. And it's the supposed ace of the staff, Josh Beckett. Beckett continues to go out there and throw sucky game after sucky game after sucky game. Terrible, terrible games. want to give you his line from yesterday. Uh, these stats come from uh, courtesy uh, CSNE.com. Beckett turned in. Oh my god, that, that was a terrible performance. He went five innings and gave up eight runs on eight hits, including three home runs. His ERA went from 4.54 to 
497. I mean, just terrible. The guy goes out there and he's, uh, I mean, every single time. And, you know, the Red Sox, you know, people for the Red Sox are going to say, well, it's his injuries. I mean, I've had enough of taking this crap of, oh, it's injuries. Oh, his shoulder's hurting. Oh, this is hurting. Oh, that's hurting. It's not that anymore. And I've said this, I said this uh, a few, uh, I mean, last week on the uh, YouTube channel. He is done here. He doesn't have the mental uh, toughness to pitch here anymore. Maybe if he went somewhere else and it was a change of scenery, he might be able to turn around and go out there and pitch well like he used to. But he can't do it here anymore. He doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have what it takes to go out and play and pitch effectively in this city. He is a bad influence on the clubhouse, especially John Lester. Now, John Lester, before last season, was one of the best up-and-coming starting pitchers in the American League. He should be one of the stars in this league. There should be arguments as who's the best pitcher in the American League. Is it Felix Hernandez or is it John Lester? That's what it should be. But there has just been such a negative influence on that clubhouse with Josh Beckett and as well as John Lackey, and I truly feel that that's gotten to Lester. I mean, is it a coincidence that when this team started going downhill and the whole fried chicken and beer um, stuff started to happen, that that's when John Lester was pitching the worst uh, starts in his in his entire career? Is it that much of a coincidence to you? I mean, I think it explains a lot that Josh Beckett, this, oh my god, it's terrible influence he sucks at his he's he's just terrible up there every time he goes out to the mound he sucks i mean look at his numbers yesterday gave up three home runs i mean eight hits on eight you know eight runs on eight hits i mean it was it was terrible and that hit that attitude it's his attitude that attitude of you know not really caring about baseball anymore he said it before this isn't you know baseball isn't my number one priority anymore goes out there and he just has this attitude of, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do and I really don't care. You know, plays golf on his off days when he's hurt. And, he, you know, he doesn't put in, at least from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like he's putting in the work that he should be putting in to go up there and pitch effectively. And you could say that he's injured, but out of all that's happened, fried chicken and beer, you know, playing golf on his off days... You have to formulate the opinion, looking from the outside, that maybe this guy just doesn't want it anymore. And that's what I believe, that he doesn't want it anymore. And for some reason, the Red Sox keep putting him out there on the mound. He doesn't have it anymore. So stop giving him starts. Put someone else on the mound who can actually pitch and has proven that they can pitch. Guys like Aaron Cook and uh, Franklin Morales is another good example. Guys that have gone out there and proven... A few times this season that they can pitch. If you give them the ball, they'll pitch effectively. But for some reason, this team, whether it's Bobby Valentine's decision or Larry Lucchino's or Ben Sherrington's, they keep putting Beckett out on the mound. And who knows why? But, you know, yesterday's performance seals the deal that they cannot put him out there. The Red Sox could probably get the second wild card here. I mean, we're... Two months left in the regular season. If they don't put Beckett out there, and somehow guys like Lester, you know, well, 
not guys like Lester. Lester can turn it around because the rest of the rotation that guys that they've been putting out there have been pretty good. Buck Holt has turned around. He had a slow start to the regular season early on. He's sort of turned it around. Uh, Felix Dubron has been pretty good. Then you throw guys in there like Cook, who's been good. You know, Franklin Morales has been good. Nothing spectacular, but they give you good starts and they give you good chances to win. So why are you putting Josh Beckett out there when he continually goes out there and sucks it up? And he puts his lineup in a terrible position. Yes, this lineup has the capacity to score 10 runs a game, but the main focus should be not having to put them in that position. They shouldn't have to go out there and clean up your mess. They shouldn't have to go out there and make good on Josh Beckett's mistakes. And what does that do for those players? They don't want to be behind Josh Beckett anymore. That lineup, after the first inning, they have to go out there and score five more runs. I mean, you know, they're down 5 nothing, and all of a sudden, well, we have to go out and clean up Beckett's mess. So I just, like, for me, I would have traded him at the deadline. Like, it's addition by subtraction at this point. And then people say, well, he can turn around. You know, well, you know, you shouldn't really try to replace him. Replace what? He's been terrible this entire year for the most part. I know that he had a good month in May, but replace him with what? You're telling me you can't find somebody, whether it's in the minor leagues or going out and getting somebody off waivers that can give you a 5 ERA? I mean, he's a 497 right now. You're telling me you can't replace that? He's not going to turn it around. People still have this hope for some reason that Josh Beckett is going to turn around. When they say that stuff, they're seeing the 07 Beckett. The 07 Beckett is gone. It's He is dead and buried. That is gone, and it's not coming back. If it was going to come back, it would have already happened. There is no way in this state of mind that Beckett is in that he could come back and pitch effectively in this city. And so I'm really sick of the crying... Well, he can, you know, it, you know, he can turn it around. They should keep him, you know. If he can, you know, come back here at the end of the season, it can really help out. But like I just said, you can replace him. Sorry for my computer fan. <laughs> you can replace him. A 497 ERA? Come on. Bring up somebody from from uh, Pawtucket. Ugh. Just so frustrating. And it's it's just frustrating also because this lineup is good. You know, it's not like last September where they just sort of gave up. They've been turning out good performances. But then, you know, they're put in a terrible position when they have to make up for their starting pitching. The starting pitching is screwing over this Red Sox team. And it's probably going to hurt them going into the playoffs. They're probably not going to make the playoffs if their starting pitching keeps continuing like this. And uh, in the offseason, this team really needs a culture change. Maybe that... Uh, means firing the manager or whatever but they gotta change something there because it's not working out all right we're gonna get to uh the talk to take next we're gonna talk about jonathan vilma's suspension is it enough is it uh is it enough is it too much is it too little um and then the new developments that he might not have to serve the whole suspension what are my thoughts on the whole thing that's next. back in here on the talk to take of the day here on Sports Talk. If you're listening to Sports Talk right now, remember to contribute to the show. That's at sportstalkrf, twitter.com slash sportstalkrf. Give your opinions on what we talked about in the show. You know, early predictions for the Patriots. Maybe you want to discuss the Red Sox. Maybe something else. You're not a fan of the Patriots or the Red Sox. You want to talk about something else. 
anything you want to talk about, maybe you want to talk about what I'm going to talk about next, whatever you want to talk about, send a tweet over to the uh, Sports Talk Twitter. That's at Sports Talk RF. You can also hit me up on my personal tour account, at Ryan underscore Ferran. 12. Um, getting into the Saints, uh, Jonathan Vilma situation. For me, it comes down to this. And I will uh, give you... Uh, first of all, I want to read you the uh, statement released by the NFL on penal- on the penalties involved uh, for the Saints about a program. I just want to uh, read you this. This was released, uh, I believe, back in May. Uh, and it detailed every player that got suspended from the Saints. And this one talks about uh, Jonathan Vilma. It says, Linebacker Jonathan Vilma of the Saints is suspended without pay for the entire 2012 NFL season, effective immediately per league policy for season-long suspensions. The investigation concluded that while a captain of the defensive unit, Vilma assisted Coach Williams in establishing and funding the program. Multiple independent sources also confirmed that Vilma offered a specific bounty, $10,000 in cash, to any player who knocked Arizona quarterback Kurt Warner out of the 2009 divisional playoff game and later pledged the same amount to anyone who knocked Minnesota quarterback Brett Favre out of the 2009 NFC Championship game in the following week played on January 24, 2010. Vilma is eligible to be reinstated after the Super Bowl in 2013. That was the original report. So, when I saw this, and the original report was that he was going to be suspended 16 games, and I heard all the cries, oh, that's too much. Oh, you know, you know, what are you doing, Goodell? You know, that's not right. You know, don't suspend him that much. For me, it just comes down to one simple thing. He was behind the creation of the program. I'll read you the quote exactly again from this report, from the NFL. The investigation, this investigation, concluded that while a captain of the defensive unit, Vilma assisted Coach Williams in establishing and funding the program. So what that tells me is that he was behind it. He helped the program continue. He was one of, and I will, like, I, um... I want to uh, read another uh, piece from, this was from NFL.com on May 2nd, 2012, from Greg Rosenthal, a writer over there on uh, NFL.com. He said, as the leader of the Saints defense, Villain was held responsible for the actions of his players. He was the captain of the defense. The NFL's investigation determined he helped establish and fund the program. Vilma offered a specific $10,000 bounty to knock out Brett Favre for the, from the AFC, NFC Championship game, which explains why his punishment was so severe. So, I don't think it was too much. I think a season was, perf- was perfect. I do believe that was perfect. He was behind creating the program. He helped establish the program. I'll give you the exact quote again. Captain of the defensive unit assisted Coach Williams in establishing and funding the program. So he helped the program with Coach Greg Williams. And for me, that certainly deserves 16 games. If he was one of the player masterminds behind the program, you know, done deal. That's 16 games. You know? I mean, I don't understand why people were crying that uh, Vilma got suspended that long. Sean Payton got suspended for 16 games. I mean, he was the head coach of the team. So he got suspended 16 games. I don't understand why people don't like that Vilma got suspended 16 games. I think that was perfect. He was one of the people involved in creating the program. If you were creating the program that was deliberately hurting other players in the game for money, 
then you should be suspended 16 games. End of story. And I know that football is a hard game. I understand that. But when you're deliberately going out there trying to hurt players and knock them out of the game for money, when money is on the table and you're trying to hurt somebody so severe that they cannot continue to play, and you know maybe they're, they're hurt so bad that they can't play football anymore, you're doing that for money? Oh, that's terrible. And if you found out that one of those players was one of the masterminds behind it on the player side, he worked with uh, Greg Williams to institute the program and to fund the program. I'm sorry, but that's that's a 16-game suspension right there. I mean, Williams is suspended indefinitely because, I mean, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't go for the suspension indefinitely of Jonathan Vilma. If he was one of the people who established it and funded it on the player's side of things, then he should be getting 16 games. And this new report came out at the beginning of this week saying that uh, they were trying to cut a deal, the NFL, with Vilma. As long as Vilma dropped his uh, case against Goodell, that they would reduce his suspension to just eight games. So just half the season. And I think that that's weak on part of the NFL side. But um, I have this article here on ESPN.com just posted this morning that that the reports that there will be no settlement between New Orleans Saints suspended linebacker Jonathan Vilma, according to the article here, and the NFL before a judge rules on the temporary restraining order. Sources familiar with the case told ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter on Wednesday. So there will be no settlement before the ruling on the uh, temporary restraining order. And this originally all started because Vilma testified, uh, according again here, Vilma testified, Vilma and witnesses testified, uh, in New Orleans last month, the NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell got his facts wrong about the bounty scandal, saying the league investigators misconstrued evidence gathered in their investigation and incorrectly concluded that the Saints had a bounty program. I mean, that's on his side of things. And then it was reported that the, that the settlement was uh, offered to Vilma. But see here in the piece, the NFL, in a statement released Monday morning, denied that Vilma was offered a settlement deal. So they're denying that Vilma was offered anything, which, um, you know, I'm glad for because they shouldn't back down on this. Um, you know, and so my whole thing with it is they shouldn't back down. He was one of the player masterminds behind it. And for that, he should be suspended 16 games. But that's going to do it here on the Talk to Take of the Day here on Sports Talk. What do you think of this whole situation with Jonathan Vilma? And, you know, should he have been suspended as long as he was suspended for... You know, should it have been more? Should he, should he have been suspended indefinitely? And maybe, you know, not be allowed to join the league ever again. You know, what does everybody think about this situation going on in New Orleans? What do you think of the Red Sox? Also the Patriots, NFL training camp, NFL preseason starting soon. What do you think of all of it? Go to the Sports Talk Twitter. That's at Sports Talk RF. Contribute to the show. Send your take and a tweet. What do you think is going to go on? Also, at Ryan underscore Ferran12, if you can reach me there, that's my personal Twitter account. Check out the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash sports talk extra with RF. There is no EX, that's just extra with RF. Posted, I believe, nine videos so far. Go check them all out. Um, comment on them. Like and subscribe. To, like, like the video. Subscribe to the channel so you'll always be able to stay in touch with the show. And, uh, again, listen to the Sports Talk podcast on iTunes so you can hear me wherever you go. So many ways to get in touch with me and the show as well. I, if you already didn't have enough of me in your life, you can listen to the show here on, here on uh, podbean.com, on iTunes, uh, Twitter all around, and then, of course, the YouTube channel as well. 
it's been fun so far doing the show. And now that the uh, football season is starting up, we're not stopping anytime soon. So get on right now. Go over and check out the uh, the YouTube channel. Stay in touch with this podcast. And just get excited for the NFL regular season coming up in just, <laughs> in just a month. I believe the first game is September 9th, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it's exactly a month away. So cannot wait for that. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it for today. I was, you know, really glad to get another uh, Sports Talk podcast in here. Uh, Hadn't done one in a couple weeks, so very, very uh, excited to do one today. And glad that uh, we were able to get one out today. But like I said, today is Thursday. I do want to thank everybody for listening here on the Sports Talk podcast. And uh, we, I will see you uh, on the YouTube channel. We'll be posting another video today. Um, but until that time, like I said, today is Thursday, so enjoy your weekend coming up, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.